Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. here. <laughs> Happy days. Sounds like Fonzie. Sure, why not? He's the Fonzie's cousin. Did either of you guys see that thing? They're doing this live before a studio audience on ABC, um, where they go back to the '80s and they get, or '70s even, you get old sitcoms and have uh, stars from today reading them through so they on tuesday they did facts of life with jennifer aniston was blair and katherine hahn was joe and and uh, um uh, john stewart from the daily show previously the daily show oh, he was they, one of the characters yeah he played a character that's yeah. cool no i haven't seen it i, sh- I definitely should they, they do it a lot they do it a lot well it's funny how bad some of these old sitcoms really <laughs> were <laughs> dialogue i mean it's hilarious to watch these you know major stars kind of um you know walk through but yet deliver these lines but some of them it's just true i was because i gotta admit i used to watch the facts of life when i was younger and it was not highbrow (laughs) (laughs) so so what uh, i'm just picturing i haven't seen it but so reading lines I've seen other things where, where actors, actors is reading the lines, but so you're missing the set, you're missing the canned laughter, I presume, you're missing perhaps some other audible things in the background. Does it make it, it, does it make it weird? Does, do you really focus on the lines then, the, 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 the words? No, this is actually live before a studio audience. So there's a studio audience there. They've recreated the sets and they dress everybody up in the outfits that people, I mean, the wigs are ridiculous because there were two, this episode was out about a dance. So there were two boys from the boys school and it was Will Arnett and Jason Bateman in the most ridiculous wigs you've ever seen. And those two are funny. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's funny. It's it's really good. And then they had um, a different Strokes episode, and one of the, the they had Kevin Hart playing um, the little kid, a uh, Gary Coleman's role. And there was a, a friend <laughs> who was talking visiting about them. Willis. Yes, yes, Kevin Hart did. Kevin Hart nice. said, "What you talking about, Willis?" And um, yeah, Snoop Dogg was their friend. <laughs> so Snoop Dogg came and visited. John Lithgow was their their dad. It was. Yes. It sounds like uh, Saturday Night Live's <laughs> Kids on Steroid. I, I, I gotta, I gotta watch this. It sounds really, really funny. 
live before a studio audience. And I didn't see it and I couldn't find a way to stream it, but apparently they did an All in the Family episode where Woody Harrelson was Archie Bunker, which I would love to see. Oh, God. Yeah. When you mentioned that, I was like, would they bring something like that back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you say they go to the 70s too? So we, we have hope for... Uh... Or other other show from the 70s because they would be even more sure. Fun. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's see. So Jimmy Kimmel does it, and the the fun thing on Tuesday was that he had Norman Lear, who's 99 years old, and apparently Jimmy Kimmel had been had sworn in the run up, and and Norman Lear didn't know there was a difference between when Jimmy Kimmel had said this the f word, and so Norman Lear, 99 years old, on live TV on ABC said said a word that the FTC would vi Luckily, they, I guess he was on a two second delay, so they bleeped him, but it was kind of like, you go, Norman. <laughs> you just be you at 99. <laughs> Very cool. Well, you know, society changed. So yeah. what it was funny back then or it's social phenomenon at the time and cultural phenomenon now, now it's not. It's hard to, it's, true. it's hard to, to pinpoint. I think we go back to when we were talking about movies or any news that you you need to contextualize into the time period that that, that happened. You can't judge it with the eyes of today. Yeah. That's, that's the key. But making a fun yeah. spin on it, that that's that's kind of cool. I like that. And that's how Fomzy come to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it a created Fomzy for us. A rerun, yes. We can literally talk about a made up word for hours. That's scary and <laughs> And maybe well, that's why we're able to do this. <laughs> I love right. it. The question is, is Sean going to jump a shark for us? Uh, I hope not. On the, <laughs> on the motorcycle? No, I think he was on, on water skis when Foamsy on oh, Happy Days jumped the, well, the shark. He, he did jumps like barrels on uh, in cars. So maybe is, that was... Is that where uh, that phrase came from? Being to Jump the shark? Was that yeah, that's from... Foamsy's life uh, career? That, that episode was when people defined the happy days going from being a good show to a bad show was when yeah. Fonzie or Fomzy, yeah, water skied over the, <laughs> the shark. <laughs> and if I, I remember well, I that he too. was wearing he was wearing the leather jacket and jeans. You or at least the leather jacket. I don't know if I, it had bathing suit or not. I think he had, had shorts on. Shorts and leather jacket because you never see the phones <laughs> without the leather jacket. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's it was the leather that. jacket that's and cut that. off denim shorts. <laughs> so, okay, I, I have a fun question before we, 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 we move to tech stuff. So, your favorite show growing up? Go for it. So I, I actually was a kind of a fan. I'm ashamed to say it, but I, I did like facts. Like, but one of my absolute favorite shows was Bosom Buddies, which was what? Tom Hanks' first. Yeah. Okay. Now I grew it's up kind in of... Italy, so uh, you're going to have to explain me that. I'm not familiar. <laughs> okay. So it, you probably couldn't get away with doing this show now, but it was a typical half-hour sitcom, and Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari played two advertising uh, writers like one wrote copy and one did the the visuals or whatever and they couldn't find for as these as the setup goes they couldn't find a place that they could afford in New York except at an all women's 
hotel. So they became their alter egos, Buffy and Hildegard, <laughs> and moved into the hotel and would were uh, in drag playing Buffy and Hildegard when they were at the hotel. And then when they were at work, they were back to being Kip and Henry. And Tom Hanks and Peter Cleary just had this incredible chemistry. I thought they were really funny together and I, I liked that Wait show. Wait a minute, wasn't, wasn't Tom Hanks' first TV show that he was playing about the same thing and another friend that they were dressed It was Bosom Buddies. Was it that was that one? show. It was that show, yeah. It wasn't Tom Hanks with it? It was Tom Hanks and, and Peter Scalari. Oh, you say Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why I didn't catch the Tom Hanks. Wow. So, so yeah, so... I, yeah. I, I liked Water. that one. I know it, it wouldn't be politically correct to, to do that now, but it was, I enjoyed it in the 80s. <laughs> well, Ro Robin Williams did an entire movie with that, Missing, Mrs. Doubtfire. That's true. He was Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> it was really funny. So, so what about Phonesy? What was your favorite TV show in, as a kid? The Phones. Uh, nah, really? <laughs> don't steal it from me. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. I I don't know that I really watched much telly. Um, I always had a spot Ooh. for Saturday Night Live. Marco mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Uh, Second City TV. I like the comedy. Yay. Like stuff. Uh, SCTV was was cool. Um, I listened to a lot of radio shows. I know you didn't ask about radio shows, but Dr. Mento was up there with, with mm -hmm. that on KMET. I don't know. If, I think that was syndicated nationally in the U.S. But, uh, yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that that kind of that kind of comedy. So let me understand this. So when you were, uh, let's say, in the eighties, um, you did listen to a radio show instead of watching TV. That makes you pretty unique, because <laughs> back then everybody was stuck in front of the TV Sean. the whole time. Yeah, well, Here's two things: with the Beatles and uh, Doctor Demento. Granted, neither were intellectually. Uh, Growing, <laughs> but they they did occupy me and uh, and keep me uh, keep me interested. Not on not in front of a TV. Very cool, so cool. Yeah, well, mine I, it it really was happy days. So I'll make it easy. Wow. <laughs> that was an inspiration to see the Fomzy there. <laughs> I don't know. I really like it because um, I had this idea of the 50s in the US, right? The, the, you know, the American graffiti, the, the period of time where everybody was happy and happy days was this assumption that really, you know, the average, uh, you know, middle-class family, two cars in each garage and, uh, you know, and, and, and the happy family and everything like that, the college, the drive-through, I don't know, it was some kind of, uh, so it's so kind of like a feel good uh, type of type of show. So I really I really like that. And uh, um, yeah, I'm not afraid of um, admit, admit that. Yeah, hey, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Still nowadays, if I see a jukebox, I try to I try to hit it with a punch and see if it plays. Does it? Has it ever worked? Hard to find those. It's hard to find yeah. those. You there know, was something, there was one in Redondo. You remember Redondo Beach or, or mm -hmm. most? I guess it was kind of. Right at the border there. Yeah. And you remember, Sean, when we go at the RSA conference and we, we have the oh, tradition to play pinball at the, at the, yeah, the, the vintage at, pinball at the machine. Ocean front. Yeah. 
Yeah, all the way up nice. to the pier. Yeah. So I think there is a, a a jukebox there too. There is all this arcade of all games. So really cool. Uh, talking about technology. Right. Robotic arms moving plastic discs around. Yeah. Automatron, automatrons or whatever they call it at the time. Very cool. Animatronic, yeah. Yeah. Robots and, that and then, hey, the, I, and then the uh, the remote controlled ones where you had the little station at the table you're sitting at. You can control the master jukebox unit with the cable from, from your table. Oh. I, I've seen the little jute boxes at your table, but I haven't seen where you could control like the big one from from your table. Well, I think those those set the the uh, the big one. I think it queues up. I, I'm pretty sure the table one queues up the the. Uh, the main oh, the main one. one. Okay. All right. High tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about high Everybody's tech. A, D, a DJ at the. At the uh, 50s diner. I mean, it was pretty high tech, right? To be able to take a record out of a slot automatically, put it down, play it. I mean, that's at some point it was that was very cutting edge. Not scratch it exactly. It's uh, again, you you can put it in the right context, and the technology of the time was really really cool. And now it seems like it's not. So sometimes I wonder. You know, 25, 50 years from now, they're probably going to look back at it, all this cool stuff that we have now and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Computers? It's in, it's in our brain now. You can't. Yeah. You're actually carrying that stuff around? There you go. Well, you have to, you're going to remember my, my tech. Remember this when we get to my tech, which we're not going to break tradition. Okay. We're going to let Diana go, but this will play heavily okay. in. In the stuff I talk about. So All right, All right. Let, let's let's get started. So I, I'm I'm gonna make a a guess. It's about pause and icicle. <laughs> That's a really good guess. Smart yeah. smart slippers for dogs. Oh, I like that. I like that. No, it it but it is about if a pod it does get too icy. So this is technology that. I think's been around for a little bit, a while, uh, but I just read about it because there were predictions about how big this market was going to be. And I, I was looking at some of the predictions that are coming out for how, how large it'll be. And, and I realized I had no idea it was even a technology that was available, which is telehealth for your pets. So televeterinarians. So just like you can go to your doctor over the, over through your computer now they actually have a number of different offerings i was surprised looking through it but there are a lot of different options for telehealth or televets if you have you guys does a, does a dog have to do two pa two pause authentication to get into the app? <laughs> i think they have to do two na because i think it's their nose leather that is the as mm. unique as a fingerprint so i think it's two na for them yeah um but yeah, so it's, they can't, obviously you can't diagnose a dog fully. You can't do a blood draw or anything like that. But what they do is they give you, just like with telehealth, they have 24 seven access to veterinarians. If you're, you, have you guys, do either of you have a cat? I have been to. cat owners. So you know how difficult it is with most, most cats to get them to the, the vet. Um, so 
this is a, a way to short circuit some of the, the questions you might have. Sure, you could call your vet, but they may not be available. And I don't know if you guys are like me and Ed, but it seems like our dogs and cats always have something weird, like one of them starts coughing oddly or happens to throw up in a way that's not expected. And I mean, what's expected. If you have cats, they have hairballs. <laughs> you know, like that. So that's expected. <laughs> Um, but you know, if your dog has, hasn't thrown up in, in years and suddenly they're throw, they're vomiting for no reason. And that always seems to happen to us like Saturday night or Sunday morning. So the next thing is that we're in the car running off to the emergency vet, paying a pretty high fee because it's the emergency vet. Cause we don't want to risk waiting until Monday when our vet is available again. So this is 24 seven and call on the weekend for a pretty low price, talk to a vet and they can kind of talk you through if it's something like if they've got pom-pom paws from icicles that have attached and you're worried they might have frost frostbite on their paws or um, if they're just, if they're throwing up unusually, they, the vet can take a look at the, the dog or the cat through the camera and give you an idea and, and be a little bit better than what a lot of us do, which is just go to DuckDuckDo or Google and try and figure it out all on our own. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So I was really excited. Let, let me let me ask you this, and I I totally see the utility of it as much as I see telehealth useful for for humans. Because let's face it, if there is something that we learned during this pandemic where we were avoiding to go to the doctor because you didn't want to get to the doctor yeah. office, and you're like, hmm, you know, maybe I'll just do it a televisit and. And you realize that most of the time there is no need really to go to to a doctor, like a routine check, a conversation. Yeah, yeah maybe you go to then do a blood test, a blood draw, or something because the doctor thinks it's important to do that. But honestly, yeah, sometimes un unless you get something broken and you get really something going on, the doctor is just the filters to what what do I do next, right? But but I'm waiting for the day that some of the wearables that we have can actually help the telemedicine to actually get data from your body, like your your watch, your Fitbits, or whatever it is, so that you can you can measure your blood pressure, or other things that could be used to during this visit. And I, I don't know if there is already something that can be used or, or not, but I'm I wondering if for the dog is the same thing. No, I, I think that, I don't know for the dogs, because I think most of the wearables for dogs are about GPS. So you can geofence your dog and make sure they haven't gone too far away from the house. But I have seen options with the health health wristbands where you can tie them into sending sending it to one of your your medical capture places and then be able to to share that. So I don't know if all telehealth if you can connect it, but I think that there are options right now to connect to whatever you're doing for your health monitoring, connecting it to some of the systems. Do you think there will be an option for a robotics that you keep in your home and uh, and you just connect with a doctor and you just can analyze some basic data in, in your home and why not i think what's the robot do? do what's the robot I'm a, you know not not a robot necessarily that moves but like a machine that, that you can put your hands maybe in there it put your pressure maybe your heartbeat maybe you breathe inside something you see if your breathing is normal mm. or regular or irregular 
And at that point, I'm wondering, do you even need a doctor? <laughs> because the machine is probably going to tell you already if you well, may have you're, something. What you're talking about is all the, all the data that helps them make a decision on which. Exactly. Which yeah, I see. Diagnosis and treatment, right? Yeah. So instead of, you know, breathe, breathe, breathe in on the stethoscope, you just breathe in a freaking machine. Or, you know, why do I want to come there? I don't want to see you. Yeah, and I guess have it all in, in one so that you could put your arm into some, some you know, blood pressure cuff, basically. And while yeah, it's in the there, needle. your finger could give the heart rate and oxygenation. Yeah. Or stick or your head in a bag and the <laughs> pressure <laughs> checks run around your neck. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that, that's a faulty design. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a head in the bag. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds a little bit of a Don Corleone thing to do. <laughs> Something like that, maybe in a helmet. That's what you meant, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I I also wanted to add that I saw some technology or use of, of technology in a super weird way for animals to stick with animals, which is that there's apparently an issue with disqualification of camels from a camel beauty contest because people <laughs> Uh, come on. First of all, a camel beauty contest. <laughs> then we can talk about the problem. I'm not kidding. Because Botox was used to make their faces <laughs> look more beautiful. Holy cow. Okay. So you can't get a telehealth Botox injection, but maybe you could make an appointment on telehealth for your camel's Botox. Is that considered a drug uh, announcement for the performance? I think so. I think it was considered, yeah, again, enhancements. Covered by wow. insurance. Incredible. Uh, Different tradition. Nothing is wrong. All is cool. No. Well, I mean, no camels were hurt in the making of that uh, contest. No, they, they look prettier, actually. That's, that's yeah. the point. Can they consent to Botox, though, is the question. I mean, maybe that camel really liked its very, you know, very expressive face and didn't want to have a more static though perhaps more considered more traditionally beautiful face. Age naturally exactly it's uh, it's i think it's animal abuse but i'm not gonna go there have you ever seen the movie uh diana i'm, I'm sure you did um first in show i think was the name of it best in show yeah best Christopher in Guest. Show. Yeah. yeah i remember i saw it once i thought it was hilarious because I, you know, liking dogs and how the dogs are so similar to the owners and all the things that they were going through doing that. It was pretty funny. But uh, again, is that a little bit of animal abuser? You think the dogs really enjoy that? It's kind of like, oh, we have a job to do. So I, I don't think necessarily being in those shows is abuse, depending on if the dog really likes it. I mean, it was kind of clear in that. That was, I think, one of the points they were trying to make was that Parker Posey was so wound up that her <laughs> Weimaran, her cub, wound up and wasn't happy. And that's why the dog, I think, act, I think it acted out by biting um, in the movie. But I think dogs, some dogs might like it. That dogs really like being with their owners. And if the owner's mm -hmm. saying, hey, we're going to walk around a, a ring, where I think that the abuse or, or concern might come in is with the closed stud books and breeding of, of dogs in general. Because mm -hmm. there have been some breeds because they got, 
very inter, you know, it, it, it got pretty close pretty quickly in the generations. So some diseases are now being passed around in some breeds because they can't get hybrid vigor by bringing in um, different DNA from, from dogs outside of this one bloodline. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's where the, with the AK, and I think the AKC is starting to address this and looking at maybe being a bit more flexible because when they closed the stud books years and years ago. I don't think people understood how quickly it was going to close out. And actually you get, and you get like interbreeding and things going on. Some, some not reputable breeders will breed, um, you know, mothers and sons. And so that's why I think the concern is just making sure that we're, we're creating, helping dogs to be as healthy as possible. Um, as we, as we, if, if people are breeding them, I mean, we, we always have, we have accident dogs in our house. They're months. <laughs> 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 yeah, all all our dogs are. So it's funny because when I go to the vet, they're like, "What what what breed is this?" Like, I don't know. This is a long dog. <laughs> this looks like a coyote, but it's not. And the other one, it just barks all the time. But that's not a breed. Yeah, it is. It's, it's that's how I define them. Purebred <laughs> barker. Actually, this year's dog show, national dog show, introduced a new official breed. Oh, the Booer. I'm pronouncing, I'm sure, Buer Terrier, B-I-E-W-E-R. Mm -hmm. So clearly a mix of breeds together enough times consistently to create a new breed. I have no idea how that works, but uh, I, I don't know if there's any, <laughs> any technology <laughs> used to to say these are the genes we want because they, they breed them for size and, and stature and and whether what type of working dog or or other type of dog they are and colors and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, so I don't know if it's all by chance or or if they're pulling DNA samples. Maybe maybe somebody knows who's listening. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting interesting <laughs> well, thing, right? To create a new breed yeah. and have it. I don't know who they well, are. That's what they've been yeah. doing yeah. constantly Smart by dog. crossing crossing breeds. Like you know, they, that's how they create a you know, a bull terrier to fight the bull or the one to catch the mouse. And, you know, I mean, they, they've been doing that for centuries. Now you're probably at the level where you, it's not just breeding different breed of dog and get to the next one, like Diana was saying, but actually do DNA modification and say, oh, what color of uh, fur you want on your dog and mm -hmm. how tall you want it to be. And that's not cool, in my opinion, yeah. but that's just me. Hey, yeah, my dog is a Havanese. <laughs> my, my dog was a Havanese and, and was, I'll say, created or bred by uh, Cubans mixing a Bichon and a Havanese or a Maltese. Sorry. And what was the goal oh. for that? Because some is aesthetic and some actually has I think, a I think function. It was, yeah, something soft to pet on your lap. Oh, so like <laughs> a, a toy. <laughs> Method objective from my perspective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which has a lot of functionality too. Oh yeah, very important. Yeah. All right, um, Fonzie, what's going on? I want to talk about uh, telehealth for horses. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did it just one just died two days ago? The one what? that won. Uh, it had a heart attack. Yeah. The one that worked uh, it was the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And actually it was it was doping. The he was got for drug use, but mm -hmm. it wasn't that it wasn't the horse asking for it, of course. <laughs> uh, 
Oh wait, was wait, wait it was Medina Spirit? I think. Wait, was was Medina drugged up too, or, or are you just joking about that? I no, it was just no, no. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really read the whole article. It's just one of those things that you just. Are look you at. spreading I, misinformation, Marco? I, I, I thought <laughs> that he. Smirching. I thought that he was the winner of one of these big derby, but also was flagged as maybe using enhancement drugs, and then now. During a training, three years old, it dies. I don't know if I'm mixing things, but no, you're 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 spot on, Marco. Yeah, this the Medina Spirit won the Kentucky Derby, but failed the drug test afterwards, and that is the same horse that just had the heart attack. So, and wow, all of these on my headline. <laughs> I just I just wrote the headline, and look how much information I got out of it. <laughs> wow, I I you hope that horse didn't. Horse. Well, I just I hope that the horse didn't die a heart attack because they were dosing it or whatever. Like, just feel bad for the horse. Yeah. Run faster. Just you don't know when to stop. Mm. Well, they uh, push. They push those more pretty pretty hard. They do. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So back to the jukebox. Okay. Mechanical stuff. So what I found, it's not, not new news, but uh, Marco, we've, we've talked about art and a number of different things. And what I came across is this, it's an installation in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Korea called uh, the Hyper Matrix. Ooh. And I don't know if you've heard of it. You... <laughs> no. He's just very excited. <laughs> yes. Maybe. So it's, a, it's an artist group based out of Seoul and they put an installation together at some big event. Uh, it's been a number of years ago, but uh, it's a, it's basically this huge steel structure. It looks like it's three walls wide and, and stadium seating in front of it. So you're kind of in it mm. or maybe it's flat. Uh, maybe it's all the same level, but anyway, you're, you're kind of inside this room and it's a big, pretty big room from the looks of it. And <clears throat> It's a steel structure that has robotics and a bunch of moving things inside it that house, I forget how many, thousands, it doesn't say how many thousands, but thousands of 32 centimeter square cubes made of styrofoam. Mm. And so at, at its initial state, it's a completely flat white wall sides mm. and then to the sound of music evidently uh the wall begins to pixelate and move and create shapes that are three-dimensional and so basically the design is matching to the music and the wall is moving to the music so you're sitting in this room that's kind of moving and pulsing and, and shifting and, and swerving and shaping all around you uh, so you, it's not the, not the digital Van Gogh <laughs> that we talked about in previous episodes, but a kinetic version of that kind of, and, uh, yeah, it seems pretty cool. So I, Marcos, we talked about art quite a bit. I thought this isn't NFTs, this isn't digital art, but it's using technology to create an environment that's audibly and visually stimulating and perhaps even, uh, 
calming or whatever it is you want to want to create with the art. So not high tech, but certainly tech and uh, artistic. And yeah, it caught my attention. It looks pretty cool. There's some videos I saw of his initial tweet and then uh, I tracked down the articles and it's pretty cool stuff. And I can envision lighting. So it's all white. So you kind of get the 3D shadow effects. Um, but if you add color to it, perhaps in the future with LEDs, it could be even more more exciting. So that's my news. That's my tech. Feel did good you, art. Did you watch any of the videos of it to see it moving? I watched. I didn't listen, though, to be honest. So oh, okay. I, I, I didn't. The videos are hard to find for some reason. They they all seem to be offline. I don't know if the artists are protecting their their. Uh, there are things, a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which is pretty cool, and, and a lot of pictures. Yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a short snippet of it on, on Twitter, and I didn't listen to the audio on that. There's another one where they're showing their their uh overlaying it with some images as well. So the images move when the mall wall moves, but it's pretty cool. I like it. So I found a photo that's attached to a picture of it. And yeah, I like the your idea about the, you know, it being maybe kind of soothing or calming because it does seem with this all white, it would, you know, they become sort of 3D images, it looks like as the foam moves, but I don't think it's ever going to be hyper realistic. It's not going to look like, oh, suddenly it looks just like a 3D dog because it's all the white. Right. the white foam, but I think you're right. Like it could be really meditative. And if you've got like binaural beats or something, you know, people could be there with hearing it in the, the different ears and it could be this really cool, you know, make you feel very differently and hopefully very calm and happy. So th this is kind of like a, a live version, almost like a 3D art. Uh, that it seems like it turned the virtual reality environment that is actually real. Do a kinetic one, yeah. 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 That's pretty yeah. throw a DJ in there and and uh yeah, pretty cool. And, okay. yes. and it's not just visual, right? It's actually everything that they, they, they move, like the actual blocks in the mm -hmm. wall and everything Physically, moves. They they yeah, slide in and out. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um is this something that it's that they're building just in Korea or there, there is a movement that oh. is happening in other part of the world. Do they yeah, say we're, that? We're starting the movement today, Marco. Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> ITSP is bringing it stateside. Right. <laughs> is the construction the, side of the business? This installation is from 2012. We're starting the movement. <laughs> wow. No, but I guess that, that's the other point is we were, that's why I mentioned, remember the jukebox. Because even mm. now, this seems cool, right? It's not high-end, fancy, full-on digital. There's certainly digital elements to this, but mostly kinetic and still really cool. Yeah. Still really cool. Old can be cool. That's true. And it's not that old. It's only nine years old. So it's not that we're, <laughs> we're not going back. To... All right. So I, I came in without a news. Uh, so I, I, I do have a few that I can bring to the conversation. There's a, a short one that it, I thought that what you were going to talk about, Sean, because it's it's uh, it's in Korea and uh, it's the is a called the virtual city where um, Seoul. Out of styrofoam blocks. 
No, this is actually Seoul, the city that you just talked about. Yeah, yeah. Is the first major city to join the metaverse. So they have this plan where they are offering the government, it's not a private company, that the government itself is creating a virtual Seoul as a city. I think it's called I Seoul. And you can access it with the with the goggle and everything. You can you can use it for visiting sightseeing and museum and collections in the city. You can walk through the city and you can even use access like a virtual um, government building where you can do your paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's interesting. The, the, yours is the version of a, a virtual 3D. Well, in the meantime, I mean, in the real 3D. And in the meantime, there is a virtual 2D happening so there. I, I, I have a question about that. I, I could see going to the metaverse with Seoul if, if you wanted to visit Seoul, but for whatever reasons, you were unable to travel there. And it would be incredible to be able to experience it. But when we get into things like if this is going to be that now instead of going to the local city hall to renew your driver's license or something or the DMV, um, you know, city hall to renew like your 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 dog's license, for example. Mm -hmm. Do we need a metaverse for that? Am I just not getting it? Will we feel more comfortable if we're walking in versus doing it just through a web page? I think there's the good and the bad. So think about this. Yeah. Many cities, they're turning a lot of services digital because uh, apart yeah. from the pandemic, which probably has been an accelerator for it, there's the fact that you have to go in a place, stay in line, get an appointment and so forth. By doing it digitally, you just save a lot of time. You don't have to do that. But there are certain things, for example, that maybe you, you want to have that face-to-face -face interaction and you still don't want to go there. Let's say you live in, I don't know, mm. far away. So one of the things that, it's a series of tweets here. It is on Euronews as well. I don't know why, but there is is a, is a Twitter thread. Uh, Bloomberg talk about it. For example, one mm. of the things that he does is um, the citizen will be able to put on the VR headset to meet city officials for virtual consultation they will even be able to attend mass events. So a concert or uh, anything about, I don't know, maybe a celebration. Now, why would you want to do that instead of going in person? But maybe there are people that are disabled, far away, not able to do that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they get to experience in a virtual world what, you know, meet with real virtual people. <laughs> so... I think there's always the good and the bad, obviously, right? You, you know, said like, the magic word for me, though, and that's the experience. And do I really need the experience of sitting in traffic, getting to the mm -hmm. to the office and standing in line? Yeah, in it's the like telemedicine. To sign, to sign Why do I want to spend four hours to see the doctor when I can see it from my desk for 15 minutes and and that's it? So, yeah. Yeah, I was doing some research on, on technology and retail. Maybe I'll bring this news next time but uh i mean for me when i was looking at all this stuff it was around what you don't want to do you want to avoid having to make car decisions or doing price lookups and waiting in line and standing behind somebody to do all these checkout activities and you want to either 
order it online or if you if you want to go to the store, you want the experience of the store without all the crap that you don't want. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, do I need a metaverse for that? Yeah, it's interesting because with store, the, <clears throat> the thing that I, I it, one of the reasons I like going to the store in person and lately it's basically me and and uh, shoppers that <laughs> are shopping for others most of the time in the store. Uh, but I, I like to be able to pick up the fruit and the vegetables that I'm going to buy because we do a lot of cooking. So most of what we buy is fruit and vegetables. And, and I like to see that just picking something on a website and saying, send me an apple is different from being able to look at them. Sometimes one kind of apple looks better than another that day. And um so I, th I think that that's where I could definitely see the metaverse helping and it would be actually kind of nice to be able to go there. Uh, but when I think about going to renew the license for the car or the dog, the kinds of things that we do at the town hall, I don't think I'd be any happier going and, you know, if, if I was like virtually in person versus just doing it on a website. So that's where sometimes some of the use cases of the metaverse, I start to, to get a little bit like, are we, you know, why do we have to make a virtual town hall? Like, and, unless I could virtually go and pick up my, uh, uh, you know, when I have to, when I'm out of town, I have to do absentee ballot. You can go pick it up or they can mail it to you. And if you're late, you got to go pick it up. But the metaverse wouldn't help me with that. <laughs> you know, we can't transfer physical. Why, why can't we send the dogs to do the, or their own registration? <laughs> I, I have this dream when they first, when, when, it looked like autonomous cars would be here by 2020, you know, way back when we were all a little naive about how hard it was going to be. Um, I had this dream of, of the, of our car being able to take the dogs to, to daycare and then just the door would open. They just hop out you know, and go in. And then, and then when they were done at daycare, they'd get back into the, send the car down to pick them up and they would they come um, back all happy with grass stains on their jeans. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Like, we had a great day at school. <laughs> well, you know, time and know. place, time and place. There, there are certain things that will be really good to be as a virtual experience and some others that I agree. You want to go and pick up your, your fruit. And I, I don't even know how many times I... I order online through the pandemic. And then I was like, why did they send me this? To right. ripe avocado, and then I, you know, with whole food is easy. You just get the money back. So, <laughs> but 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 you don't have the avocado that you like. So no, I I am I'm with you. I like I like to pick it myself. But but other things, it's definitely useful. But another thing that I'm thinking is, for example, uh, I found this article on the Washington Post about this uh, metaverse uh, Seoul, and th they're gonna kick off, for example the celebration of the New Year's Eve uh, with a traditional Bosinga bell ringing ceremony and will be held in live, but also on the platform for for any residents who wants to participate virtually. So again, mm -hmm. it, I think that what people are misunderstanding, misunderstanding now with the metaverse is that it's not that all of a sudden we just live in the metaverse. It's not one <laughs> or the other. Right. It's like certain things that uh, you want to game, you want to be, you know, a, a knight Templar, fight the dragons, do that. You want to visit a city. I mean, how cool would that be if you could be live 
for this celebration, a uh, virtual celebration in, in the metaverse of the New Year's Eve in uh, anywhere in the world, especially if you live in a place where there's nothing going on, for example. So, but you have a choice, right? That's, that's the point. You, yeah. you yeah. have a choice. <laughs> Marco, I'm curious to hear about your virtual reality stuff because you're our, our, our metaverse lead. Uh, no, um, I, I haven't gone that far. I, I did okay. one session. And like I mentioned the other day, I'm happy that I don't get too sick. So that's kind of cool. I, I played a – oh, yeah, you know what I did? Kind of weird. So I, I lived in Florida for two years, a year and a half when I moved to – United States, and by law, when you move to Florida, you need to learn how to play golf. I don't know if you heard of that. But. <laughs> I had no idea. That was Florida law. Well, I guess, I guess. anybody that lives there to play golf, at least where I was. <sighs> anyway, so you know, then I I moved here, and I loved it. I really, really liked it. And and then I moved here, and I didn't really play much. And so I log into the 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 Oculus uh, the, the the goggle that I have, so I start looking at games and stuff. A lot of shooters, a lot of first person shooters, and and uh, and then there's sport. There's were there were there any shooters? I tried the shooters, but it was making me sick because it was too many sudden movement. I don't think I'm used. I'm that far <laughs> now getting sick. <laughs> um, but I did pick a golf game. And it's pretty freaking sick because it's this <laughs> virtual landscape that, of course, in the metaverse, you turn around and you don't see walls. It's not one screen. It's all around you. And um, one of your head handset, it becomes the club. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you do actually have to swing like if you were playing golf. And I was a little worried about hitting you know, stuff in the office here. So I was double sure <laughs> that I was... Uh, go outside? <laughs> no, well, that would have been an idea, but I don't know. I would probably get lost too. No, I, I, I found a way to do it, and um, it's pretty cool. I mean, literally, you pick your clubs. You, you can see the undulation of, of, the, of the terrain. You, I mean, it's not as complicated as the real golf, but the experience, it's very relaxing because you're in this, you know, golf green and you got lakes and mountains and you can choose to play uh, different uh, different courses. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. I got, I got to say, it was really, really cool. So how how's the law going to change for Florida then? Is it is the log say you have to play? You you have a, to a, log a through it, or through are they going to make you pay, pay for a metaverse a, version through a server in Florida? The server has to be in Florida. <laughs> there you go. I I wonder if in the future that we're going to have uh, uh, metaverse or VR rooms. Because to your point, I think that's where some of the problems of people have been like breaking things in their house and hitting each other by accident. You know, it's just they, they're, they're on accident. You know, they're, they're flailing their arms oh. and somebody goes by. And we used to, it was, it was for big fancy houses. The big thing was a, was a movie, you know, a cinema room. Oh, yeah. But now everybody streams. So I think that they're falling out of favor. So we just maybe rip out the, the seats in the cinema room and make it the VR room. Well, I can totally see a business opportunity here. And do you remember the old, uh, you know, the internet cafe where you could go and 
and rent an internet desktop for, uh, yeah. for a while yeah. if you didn't for have quarters. your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, that's definitely a good business plan where you can just go, you rent a room and and you go, maybe you play with it, with your friend, kind of like a, a laser tag war. <laughs> you go play that, but you're actually in safe room, maybe isolated with foam, with foamsy. And, yeah. <laughs> and you play. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, are you are you wearing a headset as well, or are you listening to speakers in the room where you can actually feel the sound mm. as well? The sounds come from the headset. Yeah. So okay. when you put your headset on, there is the speaker right at your at your ear. So you you are quite immersed into into it. I, I like the idea of that because so so the the wealthy wealthy people that could have the cinema rooms they could have this all piped into their house. But if we when we create our meta world where people can go and and rent a, a, a metaverse room for, like you could also have things like blowers so that if you want it to be someplace where it's windy it would feel windy you could pipe oh sense, yeah right like, uh, right like when you go that's great it's like smell and smells sense yeah it's kind of like what when you go to disneyland the, the dairy universal <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it the dairy farm <laughs> that, that that would be great yeah, that, the ground is i smushy. think i'll mute i'll mute the smell there <laughs> So cow cuddling is very, it's becoming very popular, Sean. Cow cuddling is a real is thing. It? Yeah, it is. So nice. you can well, so let, virtually cow cuddle. Yeah. Let, let me add to that. There, there, are, there are some applications that they're made to meditate. So you put your yeah. goggle on, you, you, you relax. The whole environment is relaxing. There is a... The music, there is the voice to tell you what uh, what to do, and so I can totally see this experience to be the the, the next rich person media room will be the, the 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 metaverse room where you maybe you have this wind to pick up, this little breeze and and the the sound of the the ocean. Maybe you even get some sprinkle of water on your face. Nice, yeah. Or you could just drive down to Santa Monica and do that on the beach. <laughs> if you leave there. But it, it, it does really create, because that's what they do at like Universal and Disney to in some of those, yeah, some of those rides or stuff. Like I was in one where it was supposed to be mice were running by your feet and they had little yes. little bits, puffs of air and, and little strings or something sort of wiggled on your feet. and Spiders and, on your neck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you experience it. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to close with, I mean, we're eating the hours. So, Sean, um, the, I think you have it too, the, the, the AirPod, the headset, right, the portable one that has the immersive sound now, the yes. whatever it's called. I forget the name that Apple gave to it. Actually, it's a Dolby solution, but it has a spatial. So I have noticed that when I'm listening to certain audible that are a little bit more recent, if I turn my head, um, the or if they're walking and it's one of those, you know, dramatized audible, you really feel the sound going around your your head, like coming from different direction. You were saying one time that you can do video games or sharing the experience with, with this. I don't remember what uh -huh. was the, the name of the company. And it freaked me out when he did it. 
because I walk with that thing um, now at night, you know, with the dogs in the in the neighborhood, and and I was listening to this audible, and I was like, somebody's following me right now. <laughs> Just like what the, <laughs> it felt so real because I didn't expect it. I'm like, this voice is coming from behind me. That noise. So imagine that, but with with the visual of it, and then you add the the physical effect, and uh, wow, then you really don't want to go out anymore. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not good. That's not good. Well, I'll be inside all the time. Mm. Now, I think it'd be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That's uh, that's my hope. I think we need to get the best of the old world. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, be conscious about it, right? I, all I know is I want the consumer version of the uh, the foam Z wall. Okay. Yeah, I want an installation right. on my wall. I can tell well, you one thing. That's a lot yeah. more expensive than a pair of, <laughs> a pair of, <laughs> of virtual goggles. That that thing, it's uh, it's art, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. the point. It's art. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a challenge but, for us, Mark. There is no price tag on that. There is exactly. no price tag on that. Exactly. And talking about price tag, there is no price tag for how much fun I always have hanging out with you guys and priceless. Uh, mm. priceless. Priceless, and um, this was zero fun. price, zero price, priceless. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much do I get paid for being here? <laughs> Something like that. Same as all of us. It's yes. it's very equal. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the sales pitch. If somebody wants to sponsor us, please join Blue Lava. <laughs> Our friends at Blue Lava, you you hear the there you go. the outro and intro. It's a great company. We love them, and we want to say the same thing about your company. So, sponsor us, please <laughs> make it worth it <laughs> for us. Well, regardless of that, hopefully folks do. But uh, always oh, great yeah. to have these conversations. And well, we we're gonna do it anyway. Week, right? Oh yeah, we do a great. Should we tease our guest. Yes, Ooh. please do that. He's a great Faux friend show. of yours. Faux show. Do that. Faux show. Yeah, we got Adam Showstack, who is Ooh. literally the guy who wrote the book on threat modeling. He's going to come, and he's hilarious. Yeah. He literally wrote Adam. the book. He did. <laughs> and he's funny, he's nice, and I'm very, very excited to have it on. So yeah. if you know Adam, you don't want to miss the next one. If you, if you don't know Adam, you don't want to miss the next one. You, you, want, to meet, you want to meet Adam. Yeah. Uh, or Adam's Adam's avatar, anyway. <laughs> Adam's disembodied <laughs> voice. <laughs> See, and a lot we'll, of we'll we talk that. a lot of virtual stuff, but then we're back in the radio. So yes, there you true. go. All that and, tech uh, technology, and we're here. Yep, and we'll be here next week, same time, same channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Pick your favorite. You can, you can uh, engage with us there, too. Send us questions, funny faces, whatever you want. Uh, we, we, uh, we definitely follow what's going on there. So thanks, everybody, for joining today. And uh, I'm going to take us out. Peace. See you next time. Peace. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program 
with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.